Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm your host, John, back with both the co-hosts tonight, Nikki and Ben. We'll start with Nikki. Nikki, how are you? I'm good. I'm coming to you from like the frozen tundra, basically, that is my home office. You look cold. Yeah, you have like a parka on. I'm surprised you're not yeah. wearing gloves. I'm wearing a heated blanket on my legs. Can't oh my see God. that. Nikki, uh, what's your energy you wearing? I'm in Rhode Island, so it's New England. So now is the time. Like we we always have like a mild winter until the turn of the year, and then it'll be like a few months of like actual deep cold and snow. But like I just I'm the worst. I've said this before. We have this like old like radiator heater in here that is like from what my husband's apartment when I first met him 150 years ago. And I don't know why I don't just go to Target and buy a sixty dollar space heater that will heat this room in two seconds. Like I'm. The next time you see me on this podcast, I will have one. You could you could even probably buy one on the internet. I don't know. I think the internet has those. It would just show up at my house. Probably. Yeah, this it would show up at your house. You have to carry it upstairs. So there's a lot of a lot of commitment. Ooh, I don't know about that. You can make you can make it happen, Nikki. I have, I have faith in you. Then where are yeah. you tonight? You have like the perfectly perfect black backdrop. Black hole. So yeah. actually, any guesses what my backdrop is? I have no guesses whatsoever. Wait, I have a guess. Are you are you in a closet? To no, John. I feel like you should know. This is what is this? Oh, his bear! Look at that! Look at that! Wait, you have a bearskin rug on the wall? Yes, I I hunted this very evil male black bear in Canada. Actually, this was oh I. Actually, and, you know, I eat the meat and everything. A lot of people don't think bear is edible, as per Rich Groening's Instagram post. Uh, but they are. They're actually quite delicious. And if you, the males are really evil, like the big males. And this one, right before I actually got him, I was like, I don't know. Like, I'm pretty sure it's a big male, but it's hard to tell. And then he, like, viciously attacked and killed another bear that was trying to come in and eat the same. So then I was like, yeah, this is one. This is the one you got to take care of. Yeah. Basically, the, the big male bears a lot of times just like try to kill other cubs that aren't their offspring and like other males, and it's just not good. So anyway, yeah, this is my bear rug. Damn, damn nature, you scary. Nature's sad. Oh, right. A lot of people think nature is like, peaceful and nice. It's not. It's super sad. But I love that you you hang it on the wall and it like makes the perfect just like dark backdrop. Yes, actually, Katie, my girlfriend, who's currently in the basement probably watching netflix but she's like that's the perfect backdrop so we repositioned the computer and it yeah it, it's kind of it works well and it's very soft it's sound deafening see the problem with bears is they look cute they have those little round ears they do you just want to scratch them and play with them and so people see that and when they hear people are hunting them they get like all out of sorts about it and i get it because they're cute animals until you realize they are vicious as hell and they will they're, absolutely be you given the chance they're very cute they're very sociable like there was probably two dozen that i was like i'm not i'm not shooting any of these because they're just like they're they're peaceful they're quiet a couple of them like tried to climb the tree with me because they're like what are you like the little cubs they <laughs> just tear them away but like the big solo males they're they, they just kill other bears for fun because they're territorial so it's, yeah if the the proper management of all wildlife but especially like apex predators because we don't really have any other apex predators like there's way less 
apex predators anymore. So, yeah, people have big feelings about hunting on the internet. There yeah. are just, there's, yeah, there's no safe way to go about it. But I also don't think people realize how many folks out there are doing it for, like, like you said, in very responsible, like wildlife management type ways, which is what our forest rangers and our government agencies are out there like issuing very specific numbers of licenses for and there's like there's a whole science behind ensuring that we keep the population safe and growing with responsible hunting and then people who eat the meat like I just I don't know my husband grew up that way but it's also it also can be quite difficult because the animals are beautiful and pure and cute oftentimes and it's just it's hard it's hard to sort of like weigh in your heart but certainly not any reason to go after anyone on the internet unless you're hunting for sport. I'll go after you. Yeah, and that's like, and that's the thing is like, there's a lot of people. They just they think a lot of people are just after for the big set of horns, and there are some people who do that. But while I'm hunting elk, for instance, in September, I lived out in the woods the whole time, and it was like, I don't know, I've eaten that elk four times this week. I'll eat it four times, five times next week. It's like, I know where that thing came from. And I, and I know that like, it ended the best possible way any elk could have possibly ended their lives. Didn't get hit by mm-hmm. car and abandoned. It didn't starve. It didn't die of infection. Like there's so many other things. It's like an ethical shot from a hunter is the best way for these animals. to go. Like this one killed 10 more bear cubs and then gotten an infection and died in a cold, harsh winter in Canada. Like that's how they normally go. So yeah, it's, it's something I used to be against, but then when I actually got into it out here and tried it due to a recommendation from my buddy, I was like, how can I use my fitness to do something in nature that also provides lots of food? I was like, well, I'll try archery hunting. And I've been very much obsessed with that as John knows since <laughs> a couple of years ago. So uh, I, I definitely have turned to 180 on my stand. It's interesting. Froning did a post on this a month or so ago. He killed a bear and caught all kind of hell for it. And you have a pretty sizable social media presence between YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all that. Do you ever catch hell? People DM you, message, whatever? No, but that's because I'm not, I don't ever really post in a way that like tries to trigger people like he does. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, like I'm in there you know, cheering them on in the comments, but I don't post a picture of a dead bear and say, sorry, vegans. Like, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, this is, this is a hobby of mine that I, that I thoroughly enjoy. And I very firmly like believe in and I promote it. And I'm all about ethical hunting. Cause I think it's the absolute best way to connect with nature and provide food and you know, all these other million reasons. However, I know that like wad prep, my company is not a hunting company, so I don't need to go force it down people's throats. I'll post mm. like on stories and stuff like that, but I'm not like, "Hey, here's me and a dead animal." Like, sorry, vegan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right, if if I was launching a hunt specific programming like he's apparently doing, great idea, so we can off all of his hunting. <laughs> it um, is an expensive ha- hobby, isn't it? It is. It's so. But if I was gonna, if I was going to do that, then I would probably post more about it. So. Love it. I, I sense a new course coming on wide prep called hunt prep in no time flat. So Ben can start right now. I own the domain name actually. So do you? I'm... Ooh, he's ready. 
not surprised. And picnic rope. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Now's the there's, time. There's so much I could do with that, but tonight we're not going to talk about that. All I, right. We do have a topic for tonight. We're going to talk about the community of CrossFit. But before we jump into that, I want to hear about everybody's holidays. Nikki, how was the baby's oh, holiday gosh. this year? It was totally magical. Two is really special. He's like, he doesn't 100% know what's going on. Like, I think next year he'll be even more like into it. But he like loves Santa. The magic is definitely like alive and well. He he was, we went from like kind of opening half of his stocking and like being all set with it to then like finally being like, oh, presents? Like, I want to like tear this paper up and and it it was just really fun and we had a lot of family in town we've never hosted before really special and it went so perfectly wonderfully and then like my husband was off Matt was off between Christmas and New Year's and my company operates on a soft close so I had like the first little reprieve <laughs> of Q4 right. when you work in D2C marketing Q4 is like your absolute Super Bowl. So I had like my first little break where I had a little bit of work, but like no meetings, no calls or whatever. And then Matt had a couple, a couple guy friends come in for uh, New Year's Eve weekend, which was really special and fun for them, like old, old friends, like really special friends. And so that was great. And I had a little weekend with Hunter too. I teased him that his boyfriends were coming all weekend <laughs> him to play with well, him. And, and I played video basement. I saw the pictures of Hunter with his new guitar. That was pretty exciting for, for oh me. Oh my goodness. He is. So I ended up getting him the Lug that you yeah, recommended. Yeah. And another friend who's a professional musician recommended. And he loves it. And it came with all sorts of like instruction cards. And I think that there are like YouTube videos you can watch. Yeah. He's a little young for that. But he he will put on that guitar. First of all, he slept with it the other night. Did I send you that picture? <laughs> no, I love it though. It's oh my great. God. And he will put on that guitar and he will sing Let It Go from Frozen at the top of his lungs. It's wonderful. Great. How about you guys? How did it go? Ben, tell your story. We were talking off there, but Ben's got a new girlfriend, so he's doing girlfriend stuff. What'd you do? Holy, hold hold on. Really quick. I, too, got my adorable niece, who's uh, a year and a half old. Maybe a little early for this, but I got her a bow and arrow set. Love oh it. my! How fun! My my brother, who's is the dad. I think my brother is be more excited about it than she is, but she'll grow into it. It's like for ages three and up, but she's a fast learner, she's a quick developer. So she'll be Cadmus Everdeen soon, shooting arrows. Oh wait, it's like really for kids. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's like it. You go to Amazon and do like bow and arrows for kids, and there's a whole bunch of them. Great reviews, and they oh have my God. like little suction targets. So. Yeah. Wait, super short side story, because then I want to hear what happened at your Christmas. But when I was five, my uncle, who is a hunter and has had always had like guns in the house and like a big archery situation. Obviously, I'm not a hunter. Bow and arrow. You know what I'm saying? Crossbow, all that stuff. When I was five, he came over and he like, I don't know why he had it with him. But I thought that he brought it for me for my birthday. So it was this like big joke that he brought this big like bow and arrow hunting set. And I was like, oh, my God, for me, for my birthday. And when I got married 10 years ago, he gave it to Matt as a gift. Like that same big, big hunting bow and arrow set that I had like had my eye on when I was a kid. Anyway, that's a funny story about 
Those heroes. Um, but your Christmas was good? Yeah, it was good. I went back to... For Thanksgiving, I was at my family's house in Maryland. But for Christmas, Katie and I, Katie's my girlfriend, we road tripped to Iowa. First time in the great state of Iowa. It was fun. We got to hang out with her, her family. She has 14 nieces and nephews, which is a lot. Whoa, dang. It's funny at all the family gatherings, people would come up and be like, is this too much for you? Like, is this crazy? And I'm like, not really. Like, I came from a huge family. My dad's one of nine. So, like, I'm used to Christmas get-togethers being rambunctious, to say the least. So it was great. Great time. And then we drained back on the 26th, which also happened to be a great day for a blizzard. So mm-hmm. we got caught in a blizzard on the ride home. A 10-hour road trip turned into, like, a 16-hour road trip. No. And I'm very proud of us because we were able to find the only road. There was one small county road that I think they just forgot to close. Like everything was closed. Everything going west of Colorado was closed. But I found one road on the online that was still open because Google Maps wasn't showing anything. Found one road online that like said it was open, just covered in snow. So we like drove down that road there were like cars spun out everywhere and of course i got my truck so forward time and uh, we made it through and then it like put us out on the highway in colorado that was closed in both directions but like we could still get on it so like the part that we got on was open and then it continued all the way through and we didn't see another person on the road for i kid you not probably four hours in both directions on a major highway it was like it felt like the apocalypse it was awesome mm, and then- that's like Convenient, but also terrifying. But if something bad happened, there would be no yeah. one to help you. <laughs> Two hours into this highway journey, I was like, "Yeah, like if we if we end up in a ditch here, yeah, uh-huh. there's no one here." But yeah. um, I kept kept it nice and slow. And Katie, the trooper that she is, she are reading a book, so she read the book out loud to me, like a little audio book, and we just read that for like ten plus hours in the car. It was great. Oh my god, fun! I would be so nauseous. It was, it was great. Yeah. We made it back. And then, of course, for New Year's, we went to a rave. So that was fair. Oh, casual. Yeah, in Colorado, there's a called Decadence. It's like an EDM music festival. So it's just, what? Like, and it was fun. It was fun. We did that for New Year's Eve, watch the ball drop, listen to crazy techno music, EDM stuff. And it was a late night. That's fun. That sounds like fun. John, how was traveling seeing your family? I did not go to an EDM rave. I can tell you that. Certainly, not in, Miss- certainly not in Mississippi. Probably have them. They probably have them. They probably, probably do. It's probably buck dancing and banjos. No, it was fun. We spent you know, the whole week down in Mississippi, visited with O'Roy and my mom and hung out my sister was there they, she's got two grandchildren now so the babies were around the whole time so it's literally just surrounded by family for a week and truthfully that's exactly what i wanted like it, mm-hmm. it's kind of weird i was telling this to somebody that i live in here in ohio i have zero family here besides my girls and so i'm kind of only surrounded by work people and gym people mm-hmm. and it occurred to me when i got home i'm never around people that love me I'm around people that know me Hmm. But I'm never around people that just unconditionally love me. And yeah. And I was like, man, I needed that week, like a mm. week of like just 
being around people that really care about you and want to spend time with you and learn about your life. And they don't want anything from you other than your presence. Yeah. It's really kind of a mental reset that, yeah. I, that didn't really occur to me I was missing, but I need to do more often. So it's kind of cool. Oh, that's really nice and yeah. special. The people who like, there's no awkward silence. Like you could even just, just yeah. enjoy each other's presence sitting on the couch next to each other doing nothing. And that's like, that's special and unique. Yeah. And it, it's fun to get a whole week with both my girls together and we get to do stuff that we wouldn't normally do. Like we went over to Ole Miss for the day and got a shop in the square. And if you've never mm. been to Oxford, Mississippi, like it's a tiny little town. It has this gorgeous square. Imagine like what what's like the preppiest store you can think of? It was like Brooks Brothers or Vineyard something Vines. Like that. It's exactly like that. The entire square is like Vineyard. Dude. Yeah, everything. And it's just a fun little town with terrific food and little record stores and they're selling more. I bought everything, like including the sweatshirt. Like Yeah. You just buy everything old miss while you're there. It's just super fun. So um, okay, now, how long does Christmas stay up in your houses? Mine came down the day I got home. Oh, God. Yeah, like right away. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this nonsense. Well, no, it isn't that. So it, part of it is I do want to put it behind me because my, my daughters put up the tree for me every year. And then this year we had to drop Megan off at Cincinnati because it's on the way back. Oh, Our car was yeah. there. So she didn't come back with us. And so now it's just me and Mira. And so there's part of me, like, I want to take it down because it's, it's something I do with a girl. So once it's gone, now I can wait till next Christmas. And, and truthfully, Bean was annoying the hell out of me. Like that he, he claimed the tree as his own, like he's sleeping under it every day. And I'm like, this is not, it's gotta go. Like I can't. Yeah. So okay. it all came down. yeah, quickly. Done. Oh, well, my house, I didn't have any Christmas decorations up. So okay. quick. So real quick for you. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Christmas. We always had a lot of Christmas decorations out that I was in charge of setting up every year back when I was married. And I think I've taken a few years off of that. Hey, you know what? I don't have to, I don't have to go chop a tree down in the wilderness and set it up and then have all the needles fall and then clean all of it up and break eight ornaments the glass shards get in my feet and and I don't even know where the ornament box is. That was a big mystery this year. We can't locate mm. our ornament box. But uh, I my parents will keep it up probably until about this week and then they'll start to take it down. Actually. I will keep it up all month. I love is it. that like a faux pas? Should I not be well, doing that? I don't think so. I, I just really like I think we'll probably take our live tree down. We have a couple fake trees, but the live tree is probably she's spent. I would but imagine. I just really, like, yeah, a major fire hazard. I think that's a hundred percent. But I just really like all the like really soft, beautiful ambient light that like the trees give off, and like the garland that goes up the stairs has little lights on it. Like there's all sorts of twinkle lights up around the house, and I'm not in a rush to take all those down because at night it's really nice to turn all those on instead of like the side table lamps and the overhead lights. And I'm gonna miss that. There's no fun twinkle light spring decorations. That's not a thing. You could just leave them on all year round. Oh, that's really aggressive. Last year we did that in our bedroom. We have like one of those like really thin fake flocked trees with lights on it. That's pretty. 
we left it up in our bedroom and then we remodeled our master bedroom in the spring. And when the contractors came in April and that tree was still up in our room, it was like real embarrassing. <laughs> so, and we were Love like, it. well, it just has nice lights. And they were like, okay. Like, I guess I could hang other lights. No, I get it. I love I love the lights. I the same way. Like I like the ambient lighting. I like to come downstairs and the trees lit up. And yeah. All the other decorations are there. But for me, it's got to go away quickly. Like I like to get my life back together. Yeah. Start my first quarter of the year with some new yeah. fitness goals. And that's part of it. Out with the old and with the new. I get that. I totally do get that. And now that the holidays are over to it, definitely it has a different vibe. Because very anticipatory beforehand. Right. And now that it's all over, Matt has post-holiday blues like bad. Like real. Because he's like you, John. Like he doesn't, his his family is not super far, but, you know, a minimum of four hours and some is even further. And yeah, his cup is so full whenever he's around family. And then when it's gone, he's just like, oh. Right. So. He's got post-holiday blues really bad. Back in, back in college, I used to get it really bad because mm. I hated school so much. I hate homework more than anything in the world. So whenever whenever Christmas was over, it also meant I had to go back to school. So it was like this huge post-Christmas depression whenever I get back to school. But, That's tough. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's a real thing. Well, listen, I uh, I had a topic for us tonight. So this is our new format, Ben. Uh, you and I haven't even talked about it, but... Having we're topics, just, yeah. Well, we're sort of winging it. We're we're bringing resident experts on and just talking about the things that we think are important to our listeners, and not doing traditional interviews. So this is not an interview of Ben Jawalski from Wad Prep. You're a resident expert, so be expert. Whatever you want to call me, John, I'll take it. <laughs> well, like I thought you'd be a great one for this because I wanted to talk about community. When I was in Mississippi, I dropped in on an affiliate for four days with my dad, by the way, and it was super fun and a, a chance to be out of my own affiliate. And I've seen a lot of affiliates and it made me think about community and like, what is community and why is it so different from gym to gym? And both of you have not only coached for years and years, but have been part of different communities. And so I thought it'd be a really interesting conversation to talk about what is community within CrossFit and, and kind of the, the dynamics of that. So why don't we just jump in? I, yeah. Uh, and I don't know if this is a question, but maybe I'll just kick it off of, of, yeah, I think the biggest thing that occurred to me is how different they all are. Mm -hmm. Like they're almost like, they're almost like snowflakes. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like our fingerprints is probably a nicer way to put it. It's just like every time I go to a gym, there's, there are so many similarities, but so many differences based off of any number of factors. And I guess I was curious what you guys think are kind of the central tenants that affiliates need to really create a community. Mm. Why don't we start with you? I have a lot of thoughts <laughs> this could go in a lot of different directions and i think community probably means very different things to people i think for some people community is probably as small as do you feel comfortable and welcome in the class that you walk into and for others community might be bigger like what what how do your fellow gym mates and you connect outside of the gym what sort of social events do you go to? What is your gym known for? Is there something that you're sort of like famous for in the community that is more than just 
classes in a CrossFit gym. So I think that I think that that can kind of like mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. For me, when you say the word CrossFit community, I kind of think small. I kind of think like, what is it that makes your particular gym special in the hour of fitness where people decide to spend their money and leave their homes or their families or their jobs or whatever and spend an hour with you? Like, how are they feeling welcomed and comfortable and supported in that space for that hour? And I think that there's a lot of different factors in there. But to me, John, like that's like when you're talking about how every gym is really, really different. That to me is like the first place that my mind goes. And like I've been to a lot of gyms over the years. I've dropped in all over the world. I've coached at several different gym locations over the past 12, 13 years. And that is the biggest difference I see is like the vibe when I get to class. Like sometimes the vibe is very much like everyone is warm and welcoming and wants to say hi and ask me where I'm from or whatever. If I'm a drop in. Oh, hello, Griff. Hello. If you hear heavy breathing, it's not me, though that I do do a lot of heavy breathing now that I'm in my third trimester. But it's Griff. He's in this room with me tonight. And in some other gyms, it's kind of cold. Like sometimes the environment is cold and it's not always a bad thing. It's not necessarily on other people. My happiness or my comfort doesn't always have to be on other people, but it's just very different. If there's no one in the class or no directive from the class to be like, hey, this is a really amicable and friendly space. Sometimes the timing of the class matters too, right? Like at 5.30 a.m., not everyone wants to to high five and pat butts. And that's okay too. I'm not saying that one is better than the other. I just think that that, that is kind of how I would define quote unquote community and how I feel that it is quite different in the different gyms I've been to. Nice. Ben, what about you? Yeah. To piggyback on what Nikki said, I think there's like a micro community and a macro community and every, and then like the, the full CrossFit community. Right. So micro focuses on like that the class time most people have a class time that they uh usually attend and a lot of times those become their own mini communities it's like oh Mm -hmm. yeah ben always shows up five minutes late but that's ben that's what he does or oh so and so always has to leave early because they gotta go do xyz like you have all these like little micro communities like the community that I'm a part of that is a quote unquote competitors class and it's an awesome community. We the same same people are generally in there each day. And when it's time to partner up for a lift, we all know who to share the barbell with because who can as much as us. And there's like this this class community where it's like, oh man, they don't have muscle ups yet, but they just got their first muscle up. Like people know that. So-and-so just got their first set of muscle-ups. Like we just had a girl, Maddie, who's one of my friends. She just hit her first set of unbroken bar muscle-ups ever or for since she got, since she had a baby at least. And she hit like four unbroken the other day. Now everyone was cheering her on. So you have like, you have like this like micro community of the class time that you generally go to, which I think that a lot of times is all about the people who come to the class. Like if you just have a bunch of grumpy people that happen to come to your class, you might not have as much good community feelings. And then you have the, the macro or the slightly bigger, the whole gym. And I think that community really is driven by the, 
people who run the gym, the mm-hmm. general managers, the coaches, they can do things that facilitate a greater whole of that macro, the whole CrossFit gym. And they can do things that basically integrate class times. So if someone's always coming to that 6 a.m. class, they probably never met a 6 p.m. person, but they do maybe the annual Christmas park or they mm-hmm. do the in-house competition or they do at Friday Night Lights during the open. So I think there's, there's things that CrossFit gyms can do. And I think it really does start at the top with the leadership. Are they facilitating scenarios or social hours or pickleball leagues or kickball leagues or whatever, where people are coming together that are normally uh, sweating side by side, because you're going to, you're going to see that person maybe on the leaderboard all the time, but you don't know much about them. The way you get to meet those people are a lot of times in the, in the non-class hours. It's in the extra stuff that the community or that the gym either facilitates or some gyms don't facilitate it. And that's totally fine. But I think I ran an affiliate for a couple of years way back in 2013. And I think we had a very strong community within the classes, but it wasn't until we started doing like the in-house competition or like we started Mm -hmm. running an extracurricular weightlifting class. And we started like finding ways to blend these members. And I remember Juan met Andrew for the first time. And I was like, I knew they were going to be friends, but they never Mm -hmm. seen it come to different times. And then you, you start to see this bonding occur that then facilitates to non-gym activities. So like there's a group of people from the gym that I go to that like text me, like, hey, you want to play pickleball today? Sure. We might, not, we might not have seen each other for a few weeks because we're in the same class, but we'll go hang out and play pickleball. So that's, those are some, that's what I think of community. And then of course, there's like the whole prospect community, which is more of like, we all share the same cult terms. We all laugh about the same things. We all laugh at John's memes. Together. John's memes. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. Things like that. So there's multiple layers of the community, but I think to to truly establish a good CrossFit community within a gym that transcends that micro community of class, I think it really comes from the leadership in the gym. And there's a lot of people who do well and a lot of people who don't necessarily do well. And that might not be the priority, but you can, it's very palpable We've all dropped into a lot of different gyms in our long CrossFit careers. I think I'm coming up on 16 or 17 years. Gone to a lot of different ones. And there's, there's like, I actually remember I was at a fishing tournament in Louisiana that like happened to also be in October, around October, or around Halloween. And I remember within three classes of going to that gym, I felt like I was everyone's best friend. I knew mm-hmm. where all the restaurants were. I got invited to three parties. Right. It was just like, it was crazy just in college being able to try out a gym and immediately you are like a member of that community as a yeah. And then there's some gyms you drop in and it's just like, pay me the money, do the work. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's interesting how some gyms facilitate it and some gyms. John, you are part of that leadership team at your gym. How do you feel about the notion that the community vibe really can come from the top? Yeah, no, I fully agree with it. It's funny. I had not considered this micro uh, community that Ben was discussing. I dropped into two different classes in my own gym this week. I was in the four o'clock class, 430 class yesterday, which is a class I don't typically go to. And then I went to the 12 o'clock class today because I had a kind of a break in my work day. And I've been to that class a lot. And when I left yesterday's class, I thought, man, nobody really talked to me. Mm. like they weren't rude to me but no one like 
was just BSing and joking around. Mm -hmm. And then at today's class, everybody was because they all know me very well. And so it's interesting that I'd never really considered that because it's not an experience I normally have. But now that you said it out loud, Ben, I'm going to have to put some thought into that. Like, how do we address that at the, the macro level? But uh, from a leadership standpoint, yeah, I fully agree. I witnessed this at CrossFit Mentality. Scott Pancheck is the master mm -hmm. uh, of building a local community. And he keeps it, it's really simple. I sat down with him once and like, just spouted it off to him. And he's like, holy crap, you figured that out in no time flat. Like all they do, it's really simple. It's start on time, end on time. They're religious about that. If class starts at five, you can guarantee when the clock hits five, they start regardless of who's in the room or not. Mm -hmm. and, and it gets really noticeable for everybody else if you're walking in late because they're so timely and people love it. And same for ending on time. If it's from five to six, they are done at six. And the next class is coming in and, and members really appreciate that consistency. The second thing they do really well is the gym is so clean. You could eat off the floors and I'm not exaggerating is the cleanest gym I've ever seen. And, and it's kind of like, do you ever, ever go to bed in a clean bedroom? I know you probably uh, won't. Yes. I you used or like to you Nikki, just you washed your sheets. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. Right. But like you just right. washed your sheets and you showered and you washed your hair. You guys probably don't. Sorry, sorry, John. But it's yeah, like, yeah. it's like, ooh, it's so cozy and it doesn't always happen. It's a real treat. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's it. It's there's a comfort mm -hmm. in the organization and the cleanliness that people really, really appreciate. And the equipment is not only top notch equipment, but it's well maintained and you, you can't underscore that enough like you get on a an assault bike that looks like it's going to tip over or it's all rusty and gross and they don't all move the same it's like a, it's just a bad feeling and then probably the two other things that they do really well is all of the coaches are well coached themselves hmm. meaning whatever scott says you can guarantee the next coach coming in is going to say the same thing you're not you're not getting different you get different cues because you need different cues but you get the same consistent information from coach to coach which is uh really cool to see and then outside of that i think they're just kind of hyper positive because mm -hmm. he is and yeah. and all of that blends together and starts creating this community of positivity and excitement like if you get a ring the pr bell at crossfit mentality you are so excited not because you hit a PR or get to ring the bell, but because you know everyone in the room is going to cheer. Yeah. You know what all of that I feel like adds up to is like that community is built on real pride for that gym. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it, you know, it definitely radiates from the top down. I mean, there's there's no no denying that whatsoever. But they also raise the expectation of the members, which I think is an interesting topic. I was. As I was kind of scribbling notes for this, I'm like, how, what, what part in this do the members play? And at Mentality, they play a huge part in it, to your point, because of pride. Mm -hmm. There's a, a certain kind of swagger they have for how well they're coached and how good they're at it and how hard mm -hmm. they work and how hard they celebrate community. And it's just, it's a really interesting concept to think a lot of your community is, is driven by the people that are paying you to be there. I you know? know. And I think that that also 
makes it difficult sometimes to put expectations on members because you, how do I put this? It's like, to me, it comes from the top. I fully agree with both of you guys. If you have a really positive, infectious leader or a leadership or management team, and that comes down to the coaches, if someone really starts class off being stoked to be there and be happy to see the members and asking people about their lives and being being that coach friend, really, it's hard not to let that be infectious. But at the same time, I think we're, my community is quite lucky in that like every class has a few, what I call like the quote unquote mayor of CrossFit, right? Like that's, that's my husband. He's the mayor of CrossFit. If someone walks into the gym, he's like shaking hands and kissing babies. He's like, hi, how are you? I'm Matt. And I want to know everything about you and welcome to class. And this is so-and-so and and this is so-and-so you guys should share a bar or whatever. But I don't think that you can necessarily put the onus on the people who are paying you to be there because some people are introverted and some people are quiet and some people are new to the town and they don't want to talk. Some people had a really bad day and they don't necessarily want to come in and radiate sunshine and shit rainbows in the class. And like, I respect that too. It was kind of hard. Ben has done a really good job at this. I'm not going to stroke your ego here, Ben, but I'm going to a little. I know you are. You always are. I've been, I've been around a lot of wide prep members and I didn't even get to tell you the story, but I went to my old gym, the very first gym I ever belonged to CrossFit distinction uh, a couple of weeks ago for the 12 days of Christmas workout. I do it there as often as I can. And I walked in the door and one of the, I know all the coaches, but there's one I've known for years and he's in the back working out. And so I walk over to see him while he's in the middle of his workout. And he's like, Hey, I'll be done in a minute. I'm doing my wide prep training. No, he's, he's training with wad prep. Yeah. And when, when he was done, he spent 10 minutes telling me all the great things he's learned from wad prep. I'm like, bro, I don't need to hear about Ben. Lee. Yeah. <laughs> you know? but, but that's very common when I meet people from wad prep that are members that are paying members for these courses. And, and part of your community is that they're really excited to be part of that community. How do you, how do you build that? Ben? I think the, I mean, an early business mentor, I think taught me best where it's like, whenever you're even trying to sell something, like we run a company, goal of people to build, to when they join my email list, my goal is for them to buy things. I know it's shocking, mm-hmm. but, but the way that we, I think, facilitate positive community experiences is because it's like the golden rule we we treat people how we want to treat it totally i always my customer support team is incredible at this and that's why i'm not in it and they are the goal is is we always want when people leave watt prep even if they're leaving us and say hey i gotta cancel my membership and i gotta go try something else we try to make that experience like a great experience we're not like we never spike people. We are always just like trying to lead with value. I want people to get value from Wattpreck, whether they pay me a cent or not. And at everything we do, we're trying to like over deliver the promises that we make. And I think, I think maybe that has something to do with the community. And then also, I, I truly think I just got really, really lucky. Some of the initial hires that I made and some of the initial athletes that I got. A lot of my initial athletes were masters athletes trying to learn ring muscle ups. And I just worked my butt off to try to make sure they got the results they wanted. 
And when they did, they told everybody about Watt Prep. And then all those people, when they come in, we try to make sure that they, they achieve the goals that they want to achieve and we help them as best as we can. And then they go out and tell more people. So I think it's, it's more of like this. There's no like huge evil strategy to create it. It's <laughs> just like, just treat people you, the way you want to be treated. Like, I mean, I went to Chipotle recently and I go there a lot and like, the difference between the person who like who knows you know they care about your burrito bowl mm-hmm. and they're adding a little bit of extra chicken and they're you know when they're like they're giving you a solid and you're like yes this is awesome I love this place and then the, there's a person that just skimps a little bit or don't, doesn't even look you in the eye or doesn't was trying to rush you along it's like those little tiny experiences that either rub you the right way or the wrong way We're yeah need to rub people the right way. Even if it's a negative experience, like even if they're like, hey, I want a refund. We're like, absolutely. Like, that's why we have a lifetime money back guarantee. Like, here's your refund. I hope that this helps. Also, we released this video. This might help you. It's totally free. Let us know if there's any way we can help you in the future. It's not like, here's your money yeah. back or trying to fight it. It's always like, treat others the way you wish you were treated. I think that value is a really interesting potential tenant to kind of include in the bottom of this community pyramid because when you provide something to people they kind of are really feeling a very specific way about you and maybe will be more inclined to give back or give more of themselves or be a part of it and when you think about all the value that like ben gives at wad prep or the greater crossfit community during the open right like he's he's providing all of these open prep videos for free and staying up until two o'clock in the morning the night that they are announced so that he can figure out exactly how to break things down and give people strategy recommendations and that's something that like people can turn to you and know you for and then want to give back to you or want to become a part of your community want to buy things later on or say nice things to john about you when they're working out or john like your affiliate does a lot for the greater community, I know that you host classes specifically for folks with impairments and disabilities or that you have a lot of options when it comes to like, oh, you what class time do you want to come to or financially, how can we get you in here or whatever it may be like looking for looking for ways to truly just bring fitness to people. And I think a lot of affiliates do that in a lot of ways by offering your first class is free or just buy a t-shirt when you drop in or uh, my affiliate has a buddy day once a month, totally free for anyone come to class with your friends. And we won't pressure you to stay, but we sure hope that you had a good time. And I think that that might be just a really nice way for people to want to reciprocate becoming a part of the community or giving more of themselves to the community or feeling more comfortable in the community because value is just a really interesting way to frame that okay. as to like, why do people stick around? Because you've, you've given them s- something something yeah and the the law of reciprocity is very real it's like ingrained in our psyches if someone does you a really big favor especially if they do it from a place where they're not necessarily expecting anything back they're just doing it because they're like hey i if i can help you i'm gonna do it there's some it's especially one that's not like i'm gonna help you you need to do this for me when it comes from a true place of like and love and caring and understanding and like truly caring about in this case someone's fitness then there's just something that happens kind of magically and it trickles down into whether it's your online business or whether it's your crossfit community it's like when you're when you're doing the wrong thing and you're treating people the, the way that you want to be treated 
and you're offering giving your members a chance to bring friends for free and not trying to nickel and dime them at every single corner, then all of a sudden it creates this this incredible retention mechanism to get people to stay. And then they want to tell their friends about CrossFit because it makes them feel so warm and fuzzy and good and, and fit. So they want to go tell people and they want to bring people into this community because they know how how incredible it's been for them because of that value that they get out of it. They don't feel like they're just another dollar sign or they're always being upcharged at every t- turn and corner for a single little thing or they, they feel like they're a valued member of the community. So they're like, man, this is really connecting me. Let's go find others. And I mm-hmm. think it comes from the top, setting, setting up those, those kinds of, of intentions and that mindset. In your- I think people often think of value as stuff or discounts. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's that. I've, I've been looking at this and thinking hard about this for my own affiliate just even in the last couple of days when I was in Mississippi, I was talking to the affiliate owner there and he's building a new location and he has a great location now, but he's building a new one and it's going to be bigger and state of the art. And I was asking him if they're going to be 24 hours because our gym is 24 hours. Oh. I think a lot, and I think a lot of people think of that as value. And I guess it is to some degree because you do get more hours for your membership where you can come in if you're a first responder and you can't get in the gym in traditional hours, maybe you want to go up there at 10 PM when we're not running classes and you can do that. And that's a nice thing to have, but I don't really view that as true value. I think value is when you are creating moments that matter for your affiliate members, things that really mean something. Like I I was watching our adaptive class come in yesterday and I just wrapped up my workout and I'm dying. Like, I'm getting really old and I'm just sitting there like sitting there trying to get my life together. And I'm watching all these athletes come in and our, our adaptive class is mostly people with developmental issues. So they've got down syndrome or, or Tourette's and we've got a couple that are blind and like a lot of different things. And so they're all wildly different spectrums for all of them, but I'm watching them come in and they're all interacting with each other and they're laughing and giggling and smiling and hugging each other. And I watched a, a family member, I think it was a father of one of these young women. And he's like, all right, are you all set? And he like kissed her on top of the head and said, okay, have fun. I'll be back in an hour. And I could see in his face, like this was a moment that mattered for him because his daughter was getting to do something that he probably never thought she'd be able to do. Mm. And he's getting a moment where he can go do whatever he needs to do without having to be a caregiver. And she's going to have a blast and it's a win-win for them. It's a moment Mm. that matters. And and so for me, that's the value of like, how do you create that within your community where you're changing people's lives and they want to be around each other? Like that's the value of it. And what I think what makes CrossFit so wildly different than Gold's Gym or, you know, Planet Fitness or, or, or any of these traditional big box or even like maybe even makes us so different from like an orange theory or F45 or some of those. I don't know. I think that's kind of why to bring this whole thing full circle. When we started this conversation and you asked what truly makes up community, my mind kind of went immediately to what Ben has deemed like the micro community. Because I feel like those moments happen in that hour of magic. And when we think back about like some of our favorite community stories that like we've had, John and you and I have had a lot of conversations about like 
some of the best stories that the media team has told over the years or like where have been the real moments where we can like let the community shine and, and highlight the affiliates and the wonderful work they're doing. Like those stories are always about moments like that in a class or like someone's first muscle up in a class or like, I don't, I don't know. I just feel like those are, they're like micro stories and they're the ones that when we amplify them, we all feel the best about them or they're those micro moments or they're those. So that's kind of like why my brain went there first. I agree with everything else that we're saying too, by the way. And I think that there's even a, a greater level of community that we haven't touched as much upon when it comes to just the fact that we are all quote unquote CrossFitters. And what does that mean? Right. But I just, I fully agree that I think that the magic really comes in sometimes things that you can't even see. And that's sometimes what makes it hard, right? It's like even the introverts or the people in class who aren't really talking or you have to break them out of their shell, like they might've had some sort of insane breakthrough that you don't even know about because they didn't even tell you, but they like went home and like, I don't know, like played with their kids on the ground for the first time without being in pain. And that is like such a huge win that we feel so strongly about as coaches and owners. And it's just so tiny, but it's not, it's massive. Well, I, I think a lot of it comes from the coaches. I'd be curious, Ben, to hear from you on around how you get your coaches so good at this. Cause I do think that's Mm -hmm. the, the one thing I consistently hear from wad preppers, if that's what you refer to them as. Sure is that they'll say CJ's great at this or Savannah's great at this or whoever is coaching them. And they, and they rave about their individual coaching. Hell, when Ben and I were in Madison together, you can't even make this up, Nikki. This is like embarrassing. We're on the sidewalk in downtown Madison and somebody drives past in a pickup truck, leans out the window and goes, you got me my first muscle up. Get out. Swear to God. Uh, You can't make that up. You cannot make that up. That's a movie moment. But what's cool about that is like, that's the point is like, people think about their coaches as this person helped me achieve whatever that is. And they never forget that. And it takes a special person to be able to deliver on that. How do you get your coaches so good at that? I mean, one, I I do, I truly think I, I got really lucky with some of the initial coaches that I hired, but in the hiring process, you can, you can. You can just tell care. It's kind of like what you were talking about with like a clean gym or starting and ending on time. These are small indications of the person who's running the show, whether it be the individual coach or the owner of the gym, truly cares because their attention to detail is is there. Someone who doesn't care about something, if I don't care about the truck, you're probably going to notice it when you inside of it, it's dirty and it's Things are broken and everything like that. But if someone who really cares about their car, if you get in that car, guess what? It's going to be clean. It's wax on it. The oil change isn't going to be expired. It's like all these little details that make the whole of someone caring. And I think that applies so much to a gym. All these little things, or in my case, an online company, all little things. It's the little interactions with the support team. It's like I hire people who truly care about what they're trying to be hired for. And that's reflected in the end product. And then another thing I want to talk about is like what Nikki was saying, like you have all these like wins. And for some people, they might be micro wins where we look at that and they're like, oh yeah, they just 
cool that Francois had a bar with a plate on each side. But like for that individual, that was a huge win because it's their first time ever not squatting the trainer bar. And mm -hmm. it's coaches in the gyms that can notice that and celebrate that. That's where you get those like those tr like warm and fuzzy aha moments that make people all the uh, micro community or the macro community, the whole gym. It's like training your coaches and the people in your gym to celebrate the wins that you see, right? So when someone hits a PR that Kevin, the owner of the gym that I go to, like you can, he's, he's more excited about your PR than he is of anything he's ever done, right? And guess what? That when you're a leader, you lead by example. So he, he sets that example by celebrating people's wins, by talking to them, by like really just putting energy and letting that person know that he really cares about them. And then that trickles down to everyone else. And now we're all celebrating the wins of other people's. I, I think it, it, in my case, I hired some really good people who really cared about their craft. And then that care reflects in how they treat their athletes. And then within a gym, it's like you have the leaders who, when they show that they are truly invested in athlete success and they celebrate it, they go out of their way to be like, hey, everyone, special shout out to, to Stally. She just PR'd her front squat. Big round of applause mm -hmm. for Stally. But she might blossom. And like, oh, it's not. But like that kind of that sort of little tiny thing that you can do as a, as a gesture of appreciation or, or showing some that, that you notice that they won and you're celebrating their success, that is just a domino effect that I think ripples through the You want to hear something funny? I, I signed my baby sister up for Hard Work Pays Off Sweat because she had some weight loss goals she was trying to reach and she was had kind of hit a plateau. And so I signed her up for it. And she crushed it and lost the rest of her weight. I'm talking to her about Ooh. it over, over her holiday. She looks great, looked really great. And she's feeling confident and great about herself. And so I'm talking to her about it and she's like, oh yeah, Sammy's so sweet. And like, she's going on and on about Sammy as if I'm like, do you know who Sammy is? And she's like, well, yeah, she just had a baby. She was out. I'm like, no, no, no. Do you know who Sammy is? <laughs> and she's not a CrossFitter. She has no clue, like no clue. Oh whatsoever. my God, how funny what a big deal Sammy is in our community. I'm like, Sammy is revered in the CrossFit community. Yeah. You're talking about like, she's just some random coach. But isn't that great? Like that, yeah. that, that there's no ego that comes with their programming or their what, and, and same with Ben, like Ben is a pillar in our community, but there's no weird ego that comes with, well, maybe there is Ben. I don't really know. But I think people, if people are leading out the side of their trucks being like, Hey bro, you got me my muscle up. Thanks. Then you're just, right. you're coach Ben. You know what I mean? And you're, they're feeling about you the same way that they would feel about anyone who helped them achieve a goal. I have a question for you guys that we haven't really talked about that is related to all of this. How much do you think the nature of what CrossFit is, like just the nature of the methodology and, and the vibe that we have like i do think that that sort of lends itself to a very specific type of person which is why like a lot of that type of person ends up as a coach or steps into an affiliate or and, and i know that we're trying to diversify that as much as possible because we want everyone to step into an affiliate and get fit but there's definitely like a type of person that this style of training resonates with and so how much of that plays a part in the community that we build? Because we're all 
pretty similar. All of the, like, think about like the fanatics, the CrossFit or your best friends in class. We're all similar in a way. Our personalities jive in a way. How much of that is just part of like being drawn to this methodology as the type of person that we are? You can say it. We're all idiots. That's okay. We know. (laughs) We know. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. No, Glassman said it best. He always said that CrossFit is for anyone, but it's not for everyone. Mm. And I, I think he was spot on with that. I think we have a very unique community, a very unique way that we train. I think not everyone's mental mindset lends to how hard it can be, even, mm-hmm. even scaled, right? Like I've, I've always believed anyone can do it any age. My dad started at 75 and he does it just fine. And I, there are tons of stories just like that where they, you come in and you learn to scale and you do it. I don't want to say at your own pace, but you, you know, your relative intensity level is different. Like Ben and I have wildly different intensity levels. Like I'm really good at rowing and he's not like, that's how it works. <laughs> right. You're never going to live that down, Ben. He never. met you that one time at Wadapalooza and now never. forever. Never living it down. But everyone has a different intensity level, but I, I do think I'm positive there are gyms that fail to teach that. And I think that makes it hard. Meaning like there, there are like, I, I'm, I'll be interested to hear from Ben on some of this. There are gyms with competitive tracks. Like sounds like Jim that Ben is in as he should be, cause he's a great CrossFitter, but there are entire gyms like, like that's their entire track. Yeah. And if, right. if you don't fall into that, you're never going to be comfortable there. And then there's gyms like mine where the average age at Chagrin Cross at Chagrin Falls CrossFit is probably 45. Right. And it's all families with young kids and people just want to be fit. And we don't really care about beating each other. We just want to come in and have a good time and, and leave feeling good. And so I, I do think it has a lot to do with the mindset of the owner of the coaches as to how welcoming that feels and, and how many people we can draw in. For sure. It does. And like, it's interesting because due to the affiliate model rather than franchise model, right? There, there are no standard operating procedures about like, you need to have X amount of normal people classes and X amount of elite competitor classes and X amount of adaptive classes and kids. Class. Like there is, there is no standard model for that. Right. And so the unfortunate thing is that there are probably lots and lots of people that got turned away by CrossFit because they stepped into a gym that didn't have the community that they were after. Maybe they stepped into a gym that was a bunch of soccer moms and dads and they want to be a superstar athlete. And they're like, wow, this is stupid. And then there's the opposite side of that corn or coin where corn, maybe there's the opposite <laughs> side of that corn where, you know, a lot of people, they just want to come in. They're like, yeah, I want to try this one CrossFit thing. And then they see the elitist of the elite doing handstand walks and, and snatching 300 pounds. And they're like, whoa, I'm out of here. And they don't feel mm-hmm. Welcomed and, and the coach doesn't do a got good job modifying and explaining how it's scalable. And there's like so many factors because we are in this franchise model. And also that's what makes it so beautiful is like, or because we're in the affiliate model, that's what makes it so beautiful. We can like there's a different flavor of CrossFit gym. In each city, there's a few different flavors. Like there's a super competitive gym in Denver called CrossFit Omnia. And then there's like 
original one I started out, CrossFit Vantage, which is very much like, hey, no matter your fitness level, like this gym is great for you. And it was, but it wasn't good for me. And that's why I moved because I wanted to play around in the competitive space for more. And then the gym I go to currently has flavors of both. But mm-hmm. it, it's both a, a problem in the CrossFit community or like something that, you know, it, it's just going to be there. But it's also, I think, a good thing because if someone is willing to try a couple different flavors, eventually find that, hopefully that community, that class, micro and macro community that really resonates. With you. I, I think the solve for it, though, is you have to have coaches that are really involved with the members right at point of sale like they have to be right there as you're doing the movements like i i dropped in on a gym not that long ago i was a guest i'm not going to name the gym but i dropped in and i'm in the warm-up we're starting to warm up and the workout had deadlifts in it and the coach says to the whole class you guys look like you have deadlifts we're just warm up for a few minutes and i'm sitting there going yeah i've been doing this for a dozen years but my deadlift varies from day to day mm-hmm. like I would appreciate a little coaching and I'm looking around the room at some of the, my, my peers in this situation thinking their deadlifts don't look so good either. Mm-hmm. And it just, it kind of occurred to me in that moment, as much as I make fun of warmups, how important it is to have a coach that's actually going to instruct you and keep you on task. And, yeah, and to, and truthfully, it was that moment of apathy, which is what I felt it was mm-hmm. that moment of apathy that made me think, does this guy really care? about how well this goes for me is he gonna care in the middle of the workout if i skip some reps or if my reps don't look good and that came true he didn't at all Mm. like it just like the workout kind of came and went it was very blah and if if i wasn't as experienced in this community as i am i'm not sure i would have left going wow that was a great experience i really want to try crossfit again yeah yeah, that's, I don't like that. I like, won't drive a really dirty truck. Like, yeah, I mean, that's like yeah, that yeah. example I talked about earlier, where it's like it, apathy is a good word for it. It's like I, when you're hiring coaches, like that's the number one red flag. I don't particularly care if I'm hiring, which especially when I own the affiliate, I'm not trying to hire the best athlete. I'm trying to hire, right. and a coach is someone who cares. Don't have apathy. They're not like whatever. Right. But like they care about the details. They care about each individual member. They they talk to each person, even if it's a newbie. If it's a newbie, they might talk to them even more because they're they're trying to facilitate a good experience for them. It's the coaches that are just like, Yeah, hey, I'm here to get a paycheck and I gotta I got work out after this and I'm training for the games or whatever. But it's just like ones are just like, it's you guys gotta cover. That is that apathy that I think can really kill communities and it can kill the the potential new member that might have fallen in love with it if they had just gotten the right coach to put him mm-hmm. Well, let, let's be clear though, Ben, no one's doing it for the paycheck. Yeah. Literally, no, yeah. literally no one. No. The free Can I, yeah, yeah. The free, yeah. Can I piggyback on apathy? Because yeah. I believe you're right. Apathy can kill, can absolutely kill a community. The other thing that I think can totally kill a community, which is like kind of the opposite of your question, John, of like what builds community, but what I think can kill community is the drama, like the shit talking, pot stirring, class rivalry that isn't like the fun leaderboard rivalry. The like, well, I don't like the five thirty class because right. they're too intense, or I don't like the fucking noon class because soccer moms can whatever. That. I think is 
the worst. And I know people who have left gyms because the cattiness feels too much like high school. Like we're all adults. We've like outgrown that. And I think that from the top down, a leadership standpoint, that needs to be like halted. Like, I think that the leadership of a gym needs to be like, that's not something that we tolerate here and address it if it comes up. I think the coaching staff needs to be all on the same page. I don't even think all your coaches need to be best friends, but I think that they all need to like stand for the right things at the gym and not throw anyone or anything under the bus or call out that behavior if they see it happening in class. Like, I think that's like having a having a leadership team and a management team on a united front about just the right way to act in the gym <laughs> the right the right code of conduct for everyone yeah. i think is really important i do think that i'm going to steal ben's idea he mentioned earlier about introducing people from other classes the 5 a.m.s to the it's a 5 great idea and- yeah and fight like the opens coming up. So I was thinking that's a would might maybe is a great opportunity to put together some sort of in-house competition where you're pairing people from different classes that don't know each other. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just a chance to build community and get people to know each other and they can talk and start texting. And I think yeah. that's where a lot of that drama goes away. When people when you know someone and you trust them. And it, for me, mm-hmm. it's always about trust. When you trust someone, you're not gonna talk behind their back. You just say it to their face. like that's just kind of the way it works and and but you have to know someone to trust them and i think figuring out ways to get people introduced and kind of kind of cross friendship lines is super important so i'm stealing it from you ben we did that once years ago it was the same folks that i'm currently still with at the affiliate that i'm at but we were at a different affiliate at the time where we had an internal competition and the whole point of it was pairing a typical a typically RX athlete with a typically scaled athlete and just everybody just signed up and the gym paired you like you got a mystery partner and it was oftentimes someone that you didn't know and it was so fun like nobody had a bad time and also like nobody was going in it for blood so to speak like it wasn't there's no cash prize like it was for team no no and i do think that that happens sometimes if you have like a super competitive person and a super not competitive person like someone is always worried that they're gonna like slow the other person down or they're not gonna be the right vibe for them and that's like a a clash of personality but if that's the whole point if the whole point is just going in and like making friends and seeing what you can do then i think that kind of goes away yeah i've i think i'm still in that idea too matter of fact i may have you send that to me offline nikki so i can Mm -hmm. Run that past Jen and Tom. I think that could yeah. be a good idea for us. Oh, what do we call it? We had a really fun name. Uh, it'll come to me. You'll figure Ours it out. Was called Blue Crab CrossFit In-House Competition. It was a crazy name. <laughs> <laughs> we I had love a it. fun name. Oh, you, guys, you guys had some, you did some sort of Hogwarts thing last year. I remember that. We do it every year. We just, yeah. we just wrapped it a few months ago. We do it in the fall. We do it in November. We call it the house cup and we sort the gym into the houses and we kind of do it as open prep because it is like a little internal comp and we all do the same workout on a Monday and you can redo it if you want, like whatever, but you get points you for your, uh, the gym owner, Dave is our starting hat. Except for he knows if he doesn't sort me into Gryffindor, I'm not doing it. 
right like i'm straight up revolting but it's really fun because what he does is he makes it so that you get points so you get a point for doing the workout you do get a point if you have the highest score for the day but you get the most points by doing other things in and around the gym like you get three points for posting a stupid social media challenge on a weekly basis or you got five points if you brought someone to buddy day do you know what I mean? Like there, there are so many ways to earn points for your team that have nothing to do for your fitness. And that's just a really fun way, but you got, and, and, and beneficial for him. Like you got points if you left a Google review or something like that, you know what I mean? And there were, there were like fun prizes and things. Yeah. And then every, every year, the team that wins gets like a flag printed with everyone's name on it. We put it up in the gym. Yeah, it. it's fun. Or kind of button up against time here, but the kind of last question is still around community. Ben, you guys do every year a watch rep open. You doing that again this year? We we actually didn't do that last year. We stopped because we had some other projects that we were focusing on. It, I, it frankly takes a lot of team. But now that we put a lot more energy into the, our programming, watch rep programming is something promoting a lot that's been growing. I would not be surprised if we did that again in the fall. Are you still planning to do your your open videos that Nikki's husband apparently watches religiously, even though he doesn't he does. watch Nikki at all? He doesn't. Of course. That's true. Of course. As long as Wad Prep is is alive and functioning, we will definitely do open prep videos. And that's that's my busiest time of year for sure. But it's where we we put our heart and soul into everything from top to bottom, both from the free content side and then people who are actually insider programs and stuff that we, we really pull out all the stops. So we will do it again this year and probably do it again for the quarterfinals since so many people will be making. Yeah. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. And that's, that is so helpful that you do that, Ben. And I love that like your whole entire team just pours themselves into that time of year because it is so important to our greater CrossFit community. And I know that you guys, you don't just, throw your suggestions out there into the ether. Like I know that you test and retest and retest the workouts with all the different strategies you recommend and you have a very short window to do it. So thank you for breaking down your bodies for us <laughs> and making recommendations so that we know if we should do sets of one, two or 10. Yeah. The first video I always release, like, I mean, the, the first one, I do it without testing. I'll test a few of the movements, like maybe, but Normally, the first iteration, like the first strategy guide that I release is like just based on whatever, 16 years of CrossFit coaching experience where I'm like, all right, I've seen a version of this before. Here's what it's going to be. But then always during the course of that weekend, as we've tested it as a team and our athletes have done it, we always come back out with some sort of like updated strategy where it's like, actually, this might be even better. So we always like release mm -hmm. the initial ones so that people can get their quick hit and then release updates as the do you guys just like camp out in the gym for the entire week or three week period like i envision you have like a war room and you're like quick do 10 burpees and tell me what it feels like i gotta write it down and then you put it on like a chalkboard and then you're like the guy that has the chalkboard with the crazy strings and you're like if you do this over here and then this over there yeah, it's more it's like so it's really it's just me and my last year was just me and a video guy it was me and my <laughs> and travis in Wadford headquarters and then my team is in a virtual war room where it's like we hop on a call as soon as the workout's released talk about strategy boom i go out and make my content for the 
for the public while my coaches are like doing everything internally. We're releasing content as I'm making it. And it's just it's the all team, the whole team is on deck, but especially me, the videographer, and then my video editor, social media director, head coach. I mean, we're all, we're all in it. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I, I meant to tell you, Ben, I had a moment of Zen this week. I had gotten a message from Allie who Nikki was on the show a few weeks ago, social media. Allie. Oh, our Allie. Yeah. Our Allie. And uh, she messaged me and she's like, Hey, me and Roderick, who does, owns meme, does meme, the meme for time. Meme for time. Yeah. She's like, we're doing this reel. I want you to be a part of it. And she gave me the script and told me what I was going to do. And I was not in a good mental place. I'm like, I can't do it. Like, this is not my thing. And she's like, well, think about it. And a few days go by and I didn't get back to her. And I'm like, just do it without me. And then like two days later, Ben's in the video with her. And I was, she had reached out to Ben. And so he does the video. And then it gets shared by CrossFit.com. And I'm like, man, it's like, talk about full circle. It was the best. Like, I love it. And it, yeah, whenever Ali something... invites me to a collaboration, I just say any, really any collaboration, I just say yes. Yeah, I figured it was just an excuse for you to video yourself with your shirt off. So, and well, that's had... obvious. I volunteered yeah. part. It was great. Well, I loved it. I thought you did a great job. So congratulations. Last thing, we're an hour and 15 minutes in and you have yet to try to sell a single course. So before <gasps> we wrap this thing up, any courses, any courses you want to shout out or anything going on at Wad Prep you want Actually, to know about? Of course there is. I haven't talked about this one, but we are running our first ever Wad Prep camp in person here in Colorado in a couple weeks from depending on when this is released, if it's released soon, it's coming up in a few weeks, January 27th and 28th. It's at the gym that I go to at Coda CrossFit in Louisville, Colorado, which is about 30 minutes from the Denver airport and pretty close to a bunch of ski resorts. So if anyone is interested in getting coached in person by me and I'm flying my whole team out, the whole lot prep gang, all my head coaches will be there. It's going to be awesome. Right now, I think I think we have like eight or nine spots left so it sold pretty well and we just have a few few straggler spots left for anyone who's interested just yeah shoot me a dm and i'll get a discount all right and oh, uh, cool. yeah you guys should go to that i'll be i imagine it's super fun is joe gonna have his mustache still or has he shaved it yet he'll never shave that he'll never no shave. well that's that's worth the price of admission he's, right there yeah he's gonna we're gonna might have cj do an entire lecture on lawn care and hair care because he has a perfect Perfect lawn at his house, and then his hair is also perfect. So we might throw that in as a special bonus. Mm. But really, it's it, the the purpose of the camp is it's like an open tune-up camp because he, the open will be a month yeah. away date that we have it. And our goal is to make sure that we basically take all the feedback from all the regis, registrants, and then we're custom tailoring camp so that everyone gets to work on the things that they want to do. So we'll have oh, cool breakout sessions where like, hey. People who are trying to get their first muscle up, go here. People who are trying to learn how to string muscle ups together, go here. If you're just trying to get your first pull up, go here. So it's cool because it's going to be catered to everyone, everyone and any ability level. So it's going to be a really good time. How fun. That's that great. Fun. I appreciate the invite. I mean, I could have come, but too late now. Too you're late. invited. You can yeah. Come, dude. I'll give you time a really good discount. Ooh. Actually, you know what? I might, I might let you come for free. It's a special mm -hmm. influencer package. No. Wow. 
no, even free is not worth it. Now I'm just going to pout because I wasn't invited. I didn't invite myself. So <laughs> you can stay at my house, man. I think I only have six or seven people staying here. So oh, easy. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to be a hoot. Oh my God. I'm fine. Sure. Well, well, thank you, Ben, for joining. I appreciate it. I know it's kind of last minute notice, but uh, always fun to get a chance to catch up. Thanks for having me on. And I'm looking forward to doing it. It's turkey season doesn't start until like May. So I've got a lot of time on my hand between now and then. So I'm ready for podcasts. All right. We're going to do more. We're going to do some episodes of scale and bail for the open and and we'll, we'll do some of that. So Nikki, great to see you as always get that kid playing guitar for me and make sure you send me videos. I will. I'm going to send you that picture of him sleeping with it last week. Perfect. So cute. And for everyone listening, we appreciate you guys joining. Make sure you uh, like, share, and subscribe to uh, the YouTube channel as well as the audio channels. And we appreciate you listening. Take care. Peace.